0: Hello guys and welcome to the first episode of the Privet Park podcast. My name is James McIntosh and today we've got an absolute treat for you because I'm joined by Gosport Royalty. He's our all-time top goal scorer, and he's just an overall legend really because I'm joined by none other than Justin Bennett. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Are you looking forward to the night? I'm indeed, yeah. We've been trying to get this in for a little while, haven't we? And um, so yeah, <laughs> it's
1: nice, nice that we've aligned our diaries and our time scales and uh, yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Well Justin, I think we should just crack into it really, because with this interview we're going to really talk about your career, so can you just tell us a bit about how you really got into football and really your idols growing up? Uh, yeah, so um, well, my dad
1: played football, so I was you know, grew up around it, it was on TV all the time, I was going off watching him, so um, at growing up, it's all I wanted to do, it's all I was interested in doing, you know, as soon as I finished school it was out playing football. Um, never really did the usual sort of Academy stuff. I was just sort of kicking around with my mates, um, always doing pretty well and had sort of club sniffing around. But yeah, I just wanted to, to to play in the same team as my friends. So um, it wasn't until we moved down this area because my dad was in the army um, that my dad said, oh, maybe you should start taking it a bit seriously. Um, so so he kind of forced the issue um, and yeah, I started playing for Salisbury, which is sort of local to where we were, but only in the reserves. Um, and then, yeah, just scored a few goals and got noticed here and there and then just progressed my way up. Um, but but growing up, um, I mean, a bit older than, than you, but Gary Lineker. Um, yeah, I was a Liverpool fan. So, uh, you know, Ian Rush, um, Robbie Fowler. Um, even Michael Owen, you know, they were all players that I watched and wanted to try and sort of replicate when I when I played.
0: Yeah, because I was reading a bit about that, because I think you did an interview and you were mentioning you were a Liverpool fan. And I think I read somewhere that your favourite player was Steven Gerrard, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, obviously, so more recently, yeah, Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Um, if If I had to pick my favourite player of all time, yeah, it'd be Steven Gerrard.
0: Really, wow! Because obviously he's a midfielder as well, and you're a striker. So, what's yeah. the plan originally to like go midfield? Uh, so I started out as a left winger as a youngster. Um, I was all,
1: I always I was all, I always loved scoring goals, and I, so I wanted to be out front. But but um, kind of, I think it was one of the, a position nobody wanted to play, and I just got shoved there. And it, yeah, did that until I was probably fifteen, sixteen, and then yeah, sort of converted to to full on striker. But but no, I love Steve Gerrard just because of what he brought to to any team he played in. So whether it's Liverpool or England, you know, he just brought the best out of people around him. And, you know, he was a leader um, and he could score goals, like incredible goals. So, um, yeah, I used to love watching him play.
0: Well, I've got to say, a bit like Stephen Gerrard, you had a brilliant like start of your career, because I think after Salisbury, you joined a team called Andover, and can yeah. you just tell me a bit about Andover, like joining them, because I think originally you joined them to get more game time, is that correct?
1: Um, yeah, so, well, kind of, so um, when I was at Salisbury, I was only in the reserves, um, towards the back end of that season, I was kind of, sort of being talked about playing the first team. Um, but at the end of that season, Salisbury actually got rid of their reserve team. So wow. a, lot of my, a lot of my friends said, well, Andover are looking for players. So should we go over there? Um, so we were like, yeah, yeah let's do it. And I, I remember that that group of friends, we went, we went out on a Friday night. And the first pre-season training session was on a Saturday morning. And we all turned up oh. stupidly hungover. <laughs> um, had a good session. And then, yeah, and you know, the manager said, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at you. Um, so... So played through preseason. I remember scored. I scored in every preseason friendly. Um, and then they they called me in and they said, "Oh, we want to we want to put you on a contract. Would you be interested?" And obviously, for a young lad, I was like, "I'd only ever really pay to play football." So they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we'll we'll give you." I think it was like thirty quid a week to play football, and I was like, "Yes, give me the paperwork, sign." <laughs> um, so yeah, signed. And then yeah, I, I think my first season, I scored over 50 goals um and yeah just carried on from there really
0: yeah because i was gonna say how old were you at the time as well because this was Um, men's
1: football as well i would have been
0: i'd have been 19 20 um yeah wow because 19 how did you really adapt to that league because it was men's football straight away you got into wasn't it
1: yeah so so i kind of so when I, I was saying earlier when i was just kicking about my mates i kind of did that till 16 and then i didn't really play football like play for anyone from there um so it wasn't until i moved like i said to this area and then so i was there was two years where i didn't really play at all so i went straight from kids football into to men's with salisbury reserves but even that was sort of the salisbury reserves was sort of kids so yeah it was literally straight into to Andover and proper real men's football. And I did, I won't lie, I noticed the difference. It was more physical and, you know, um, I was sort of a young, naive player, quite quick and good with my feet. And if I went past someone, I'd just get a kick. Um, so, so I had to adapt quickly, but but I was lucky enough that I was playing in a team of of experienced players that had been around and therefore they looked after me and helped me, so um, you know, very, very grateful to them for that. But. But,
0: yeah, it was a it was a baptism of fire, and I had to sort of adapt quickly. Yeah, because you definitely did adapt quickly, because your first couple of seasons with Andover, I must say, they were brilliant, because you were just getting goals, like, non-stop, and then this goal was actually leading to interest from other teams. So, I think, did you get a hat-trick against Bays and Stoke? Because I think this was a game that really made you. It was, yeah. So, um, yeah, we... we...
1: We had a it was kind of a new makeshift team that year with Andover, um, and and we were doing okay in the Wessex League, but we had a really good Hampshire Cup run. Um, so um then we got to the semis it was a two-legged semi. Um I think Basingstoke and Soak at the time were obviously I think equivalent of Conference South. Um so um first leg was at home. I think we lost the game four three, but I scored a hat-trick. Um and there was actually a Portsmouth scout watching the game. Yeah. Um and I remember I went to work the next day um, and then my dad phoned me at work and he said, Oh, you need to come home. I was like, why? He said, cause there's a portion of scout wants to talk to you. And I was like, yeah, whatever, like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm serious. And my dad's a bit of a joker. So I, you know, I was like, I wasn't having it. So I, he was like, no, I promise you, you need to come, like, speak to your boss. You need to come home. And, uh, I was like, okay. So I spoke to my boss, it was only like an hour to go. So I went home, lo and behold, this guy phones me and says, um, saw you play last night. Thought you were really good. Um, spoke to the club. We want to invite you in for a week's trial if you're keen for it. And I was like, yeah, why not? Um, so we yeah went and trained with Portsmouth for a week. Um, so yeah, and that they, I, I say it was the making of me. I think from from that point on, I was getting contacted by other local clubs. You know, um, what are you doing next season? We, you know, would you be interested? And
0: yeah, and,
1: and actually, it was the first time I probably believed that
0: I could, I could play maybe higher yeah because I was going to get onto that as well because with non-league you can't really take it too professionally unless you do work your way up the leagues so mm. at this point were you actually thinking maybe I can get a career out of this or like like I said you were to be 19 at the time as well so yeah. did you already have a job at the time I was working yeah just a sort of administration job in in
1: sort of for a finance company which is actually the the era I've stayed in throughout and I'm, yeah, I've made a career out of that but um no, I didn't at all. You know, it was all it was all new to me. I'd only ever sort of kicked about my mates. i would never never played for a pro club. I've never never done proper training or coaching, and you know, so I'd, I'd never ever imagined that I could earn a decent level of money from it, or or even you know try and go full time. Um, but I say that Basingstoke game was the first time that I thought to myself, okay, there, I'm playing against very good players here, and I've kind of made them look ordinary and scored I probably could have scored a few more in that game um but but yeah um say so that's that's the first time I probably thought stuff okay maybe there is maybe there is a a future I don't know what it looks like but maybe there's a future for me in in football
0: and the also crazy thing is Pompey at the time I think they were in a the, yeah they were in the Premier League they were, no, managed they were during-
1: they, that was the season that they were championship but they were oh. they, they got promoted to the Premier League that, that season. So so yeah, so I went training for the week and all of a sudden I'm I'm in this environment training with people that I'm used to watching on TV <laughs> every week, like uh, Tim Sherwood, Steve Stone, um his love in no. goal. Um sorry, who was that, James?
0: Uh Paul Merson, I think he could have been there.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I was just a bit starstruck and for a young 19, 20 year old lad who hadn't been in that environment, I was probably, I was probably a bit within myself. Um, yeah, I, was, I felt a bit out of my depth, um, but, but actually when it, as soon as you got into training and football, it was like, that was gone and I did really well. Um, um, they actually invited me back to play, um, play in some sort of, you uh, like under 23 games and and stuff to see how i i got on um but there was a bit of so obviously i was still an handover player and i was contracted um and the manager at the time had a couple of important games to try and sort of get us over the line towards the end of the season and he he kind of said no for me playing in those games and he said you know if they want you back they'll come pre-season and you can go and train pre-season but obviously we all know happened they got promoted went to the premier league and therefore yeah, my chance there had probably be gone. I should I should have played in those games and if I'd have done well, who knows? Who knows what would have happened.
0: Yeah, because obviously, like you said, you did stay with Andover. And I think the following season you had a really good campaign as well. You got quite a few more goals. I think it was something like forty-eight goals and thirty games or something come real like that. But looking yeah. back now, i not you you would have taken this Pompey role? Because I think you could have probably made it as well. Yeah I think um, obviously at the time I say you know uh, and I
1: trusted my manager at the time and he said to me you know he'd, he'd been a pro footballer himself and he said I know the, how, how it works you know if they're that interested they'll come back and I was like okay so yeah uh, I, I, I put my faith in him um, but actually now now that I look back on it I probably should have been a bit firmer and said no I want to go and play um, but I didn't know any different I was a young 19 20 year old lad and yeah i I was naive and trusted people that maybe I shouldn't have done, but uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I could I could look at it as a regret, but then the things that followed, um, yeah, I can't can't complain. Um, so,
0: <laughs> yeah, because we will get onto that a bit later. Because yeah, yeah. honestly, what comes later? Yeah, you'll have to watch it. But I think after was it after. Yeah, I think Eastley came after. Yeah, Eastleigh, sorry. But yeah, so you made the move to Eastley and I think they would have been a couple of tiers up. But how did you find moving to Eastley? Because obviously this would have been a more professional team as well.
1: Yeah, so um so I ended up obviously staying at Andover for, for four years. So I never never moved on. Um but in my last season, which was was the best season I had at Andover, um so I think i've got something like 63 goals in 34 yeah. games or something um um but towards the back end of that year i i got a bad knee injury um so i missed the last month of the season and and at the point you know i had a couple we had club physios but but they all thought that it was just kind of a a tweak and therefore my season was done but i have the summer off and and i'll be fine so obviously because i had a very good season i was attracting a fair bit of interest and i spoke to a few clubs um but yeah Eastley came in and basically said to Andover you yeah, know we'll, we'll pay him out of the contract um, so so I went to Eastley spoke to them liked it decided I want to sign they obviously knew about my knee injury and they said we're going to send you for a checkup um, they got me in for a scan straight away and at that point we we realized I'd done my um, cruciate ligament my anterior cruciate ligament so it meant surgery um, and then nine month rehab um, so so the first year that I was at Eastleigh, I didn't even play. I, you know, I was oh, just wow. um, so. Um, but they they looked after me. They got me my surgery. They done all my they rehab, all my rehab, rehab. In with the physio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they really looked after me. But but in that period, the manager that signed me left the club. So then, by the time I was fit and I came back, it was a new manager, um, and I didn't really. I, I featured in preseason, did okay, um, but. I guess he had his own you know his own ideas of doing things and and here's a player that's never played at that level um come back after a serious knee injury and and he said you know um need you need you to go out and and get fit i don't think you're the same player that you were before you had the injury um which which hurt me um but but again um no uh, he He has since messaged me when after I went on to do the things I did to say that's why I'm not in management anymore because I clearly didn't know what I was talking about at the time.
0: But, um, yeah, credit credit to him for doing that. Yeah, because obviously injuries are quite a big game in football. So, like, I think it was Hector Bellerin in that Arsenal, if you remember. But he mm-hmm. suffered a very serious injury with Arsenal. Yeah. And I think it ruled him out for a couple of seasons. But yeah. I think people don't really realise it's not just the physical side, is it? It's also the mental side. So, when you were out with a season with Eastley, did you kind of, I don't know, struggle with your mental health a bit because you weren't getting game time? Um, I mean, at the time, I don't think I
1: did. But actually, when I look back, probably, yeah, probably did. Um, so, it was tough because... There's this. I'm this young lad in a team full of lads that have played conference out football pretty much all their life, if not higher. Um, I could tell they were like strong, physical, athletic people, and I was a young, skinny lad, and um, I felt like I wasn't able to to show them what I've got. So I was in in and around the team, but I never really felt part of it because I'd never played with any of them or or, or really knew any of them. So. It was tough and you know, I was turning up to games just to watch and you know, I was desperate to get out of there and play. So so yeah, I look back and and it was hard and and, and actually Eastley had quite a tough season that year. I think they ended up staying up by the skin of their teeth and there was there was talk that injured players being in and around it were affecting the players' concentration and therefore we were to blame a little bit. And we got there were times where we got told not to come to games and stuff. So again, it was all you know, I look back on it, and and yeah, I probably probably did suffer
0: um, mentally from it. Yeah, because and after recently, I'm not sure. Did you have a club to go to or any kind of backup plan? No,
1: nope. so um, that's obviously how Gospel came about. Yeah. So, um, uh Yeah. The the start of the second season, I kind of I played preseason, and then I was in and out. I was in the reserves and kind of on the bench for the first team, but never really getting a chance. And then and then the manager at the time yeah he, he pulled me off the one training session and that's when he said you know just, i don't think you're the player you were um you need to go out and get game time proper game time um we want you to go to Gosport and i was like i hated Gosport because i played against them for years when <laughs> I was at handover and I, I yeah just never it was, they were never good games and in my head i was just like i don't want to go to Gosport like yeah, you know, i live in Salisbury Gosport's miles away i don't want to go there and he was like well we've already spoken to them there's, there's pretty much a deal done and i was like well Can I speak to clubs myself? And he said, you can, but yeah, it's not going to, decisions made. So I went and spoke to a couple of clubs. Thatcham was one that I was close to going to. Um, But yeah, EC put their foot down and said, it's gospel or nothing. Um, So I was like, okay. So then Alex Pike came and met me in Salisbury. Um, And actually after that meeting with Alex, I was like, okay, yeah, this could work. Um, and, And yeah, rest
0: is history. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was definitely the right move in the end. But really, what was it that decided well what yeah, what was it that made you decide you wanted to come to Gosport It was that so it was that meeting with Alex. Um before that, I
1: I hated the club. Um I, whenever I'd played there, I'd never had good experience. The fans, you know, the fans were quite um aggressive and we were always kind of get in, get out, you know, don't hang around at gospel too long. So that was kind of my perception of the club. Um, but yeah, Alex came. Um, the fact that he drove all the way down to Salisbury and met me shows showed that he was obviously keen. Um, and then, yeah, he, he just talked about what he was trying to do at, at Gosport. They'd obviously just got promoted up to, to Southern League. Um, so, you know, he he was saying to me, you know, he painted the picture to me, you know, you, you're still the Justin Bennett that you were at Andover. You just need somewhere to 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 show it. We're, we're going to give you that opportunity. We want to push the club forward. Um, and you'll be at the you'll be at the heart of it. And for me, I was like, okay, let's let's go for it. You know, I fully fully bought into it.
0: Yeah, because I think this was the season really where they started to kind of step up, wasn't it, Gospel? They started improving massively. Cause I think you yourself, you got twenty-eight goals in your first season, which was really good considering it was your first season back, really. But yeah, so I, think...
1: I joined in the October. So I think it was October and I joined, and by the end of the season, I'd won the golden boot for the league. So uh,
0: exactly, yeah. yeah. I think Alex Pike he did kind of help Gossip transform, and you were a big part of this transformation as well. I'd kind of consider this Gold sports golden age, really. But would you say you helped transform the club as well? Um, not personally. Not I wouldn't take any credit
1: for it. Um, obviously. It was alex you know alex built it um and and he always got the right people around him to help him build it um i so so yeah i came in loved that first season um we didn't really achieve anything as a club um but but you know it was great to get back playing and scoring goals and, and get the love of football back again and then the second season and we did it the same again and then the third season but it did get to a point where it was where where are we going? And and yeah, yeah. and that, and then there were other local clubs having a bit of success, you know, Totten and Paul and, and play, you know, clubs like that. And I was I was very proud to be winning golden boots, but at the heart, at the same time, I was a bit like, I want to win something, I want to achieve something. Um, and there were a couple of times, and and I've not hidden this in the past, where I I did say to Pikey, I, I think I want to leave um, oh, wow. because I want to achieve success. Um but Pikey, every time, said to me, he said, "Stick with me. I'm, I'm building something. I will get you success." Um, and, and every time he talked me around. and, and, and yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'll be forever grateful to him that that he managed to to do that.
0: Well, I think it was 2011 where they got the playoffs, and this was really the season where they started to, you know, start taking, yeah, taking it up a bit. And I think you are and I believe you got the winner. So, can you tell me a bit about that semi-final? uh yeah that's
1: uh, gonna live long in the memory um yeah so i think um sort of take it back a bit um it was probably a couple of years before that where i had that conversation with pikey um and then to be fair from that point the team kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger and and even i could sense that something was building um and then yeah that season um yeah we i think we got the the few signings we needed um had a really good season, got to the playoffs. And then, yeah, home game against Sholin, who, again, we always had good battles with. You know, they were a big, strong physical side. Um, And and actually, they were probably on top um, in that game um, without any clear-cut chances, but the game was sort of probably edging towards them until they got a man sent off. Um, So Lewis Fenimore... um, don't know what went through his head, but he—I remember him just going in reckless challenge on Dan Wooden, and then straight red cards, no argument whatsoever. Um, and then yeah, the game swung in our favour, and it was quite you know, nil-nil type game. And then yeah, nothing—the ball just looped up, and I don't even know why I thought about doing it, but I did an overhead kick, and I, yeah. I don't even, to this day I don't know how it went in because I, I didn't see it. But um, from what I gather, it, it flew in the back of the net, and yeah, um, yeah, the the next week or so after that which is crazy um because there there's a picture of it um unfortunately it wasn't Yeah, you know, that's was before the the days that all the games are filmed but um yeah some yeah you know, photographer got a picture of it and yeah it's,
0: it's up in my wall upstairs so <laughs> <laughs> no because it was a crazy goal because i remember going to the game and actually seeing it live you should have seen oh, the yeah. fans everyone yeah. was just going nuts in the stadium but still say this is your favorite goal out of all of them um I think yeah favorite for all out of all of them just because of
1: the um you know the, the magnitude of the game and the importance of the game um and the fact that it was a one nil winner but actually that season um away at Bridgewater I did score a better goal um yeah. um again not filmed and only the people that were there would would ever be able to back me up on it but yeah there's a, a big looping cross from Dan Wooden, and I just connected with a volley yeah. from sort of way out and just flew at the top corner um but yeah, I think when you when you bring in the importance of the game and and you know, where it took
0: us, then, then yeah probably the best goal we have scored. Yeah, because like you said before, it was the playoff semi final, and with playoff semi finals, do you actually celebrate after the game? I'm guessing you do, but do you kind of try not to fixate on the next game, or is the momentum um, already just we need to get this final done?
1: Yeah, I mean, you no, know, um, the fact it was a Tuesday night probably stopped us going out getting drunk. Um, know true gospel fashion if that had been on a friday or saturday i kind of i imagine that we'd have been out and yeah um so i remember we did go nuts in the change room afterwards and definitely celebrations but yeah i think after that your your attention turns to okay we've got we've got the final of the weekend let's let's aim to do the business there um but but yeah i I think if that game had been on a week week, weekend all hell would have broken loose um as it did when we beat paul (laughs)
0: the final <laughs> yeah because it was a good game pool as well because i've uh, yeah i think i've got the highlights somewhere because it went to a penalty shootout and i cannot believe the nerves like i think you yeah, took one of the uh, penalties the penalty shootout was the next year um so oh.
1: paul, paul went to extra time so um we were one nil down again paul paul really battered us um should have beaten us we weren't really in the game at all one nil down they had a couple of chances to put the game to bed didn't take them and then Steve Claridge come off the bench um and oh
0: yeah, yeah I think yeah
1: 90 95th minute or whatever um managed to equalize and then yeah an extra time we just there was only one two minute and we I scored and <laughs> then he scored again and yeah yeah and then all hell broke yeah. loose <laughs> no yeah must have been a brilliant night do you still remember it I do. So it was a it was a Monday. It was Bank Holiday Monday. So I had work the next day. Um, but it was a you know, I, all I'd wanted to achieve in football at that point was to to do something with my teammates and like enjoy that moment. So um, we all literally got on the coach back to Gosport, met the met the in off the post, um, and yeah, from from what I remember, it was a very good night. Um, and yeah, I, I remember texting my boss that night saying, I will be in tomorrow, but I don't know what state I'll be in. Um, <laughs> and he he you know, my, my boss is very cool. And he said, yeah, yeah, if you need to come in a bit later, come in a bit later, which I did. And I went in really hungover, but, but it was all worth it.
0: Yeah. And then the next season you carried on. But before you did do this next season was the plan actually to get promotion or was it more to kind of I don't know study on the league maybe try and get a mid-table finish or was it actually just to go full guns blazing and get promotion again Um I mean
1: realistically um I think myself and maybe a lot of the players there might have been a couple that, that thought it but yeah we were probably thinking let's just go and establish ourselves in the league let's you know mid-table get to grips with it Pikey was very much no we we'll are go to win that one yeah we'll get promoted yeah. again and I remember him saying that to me and I kind of laughed and I was a bit like, we've only just come up for the playoffs here. like." Um, and, and actually the start of that season didn't work out very well for us. We weren't doing particularly well. Um, and then we just went on some crazy run um, of which I missed a bit. So I got married, but I yeah, got married after yeah. that season. So I missed a month and then came back. But, but Rory Williams and Dan Wooden had taken up the mantle of carrying our scoring goals. And, and I think we went on a, to like 24 game unbeaten run uh, which which got us into the playoffs in the last day of the season um, i remember rory scoring the goal going around the keeper and then we were all stood in the pitch waiting to see whether we got the playoffs um but but i'd when i came back i picked up an injury a bad ankle injury so i really probably shouldn't be playing but as soon as you got to the playoffs i was like to so the physio track me up um and and i had to i had to sit it out on the bench so I, I didn't come on in the semi-final um but in the final Came on for I can't remember who for, but um, that was the one that, that obviously went. To yeah, Hemel
0: Hempstead. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and again, yeah, crazy, crazy day. We're two nil up, you know, coasting, and then conceded two to all. Yeah. And again, yeah, extra time. They were the, they were the team in ascendancy. I remember Nathan Ashmore pulling off some you know, important saves to keep us in the game, and then and yeah, yeah, penalties, and and we we kept the cool heads, um, and Nathan pulled off a save, an important save.
0: And then yeah, Sammy Argo stepped up to to score the decisive penalty. Yeah, because I think he were shooting towards the Gosport fans as well. So I'm right, guessing yeah. that kind of helped as well. But it what did. was it like to take a penalty at that end as well? Um helped massively.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't uh, underestimate the importance of of that. You know, they were you know fans alike, you know, booing their lads mm-hmm. when they're coming up, but actually, you know, giving us support, so it helped. And certainly I've never been the best penalty taker um and and actually i felt quite calm in that moment when you think Ooh, what's at wow. stake i felt yeah. quite calm because when you looked at the whole stand behind the goal yeah. just sort of That's like gospel fans cheering you on yeah I, yeah i felt confident um actually my penalty was the only one that the keeper came close to saving but but luckily enough i got it far enough in the corner that he didn't um and yeah and then yeah i remember i remember yeah, we all when you all stood there with your teammates and got to the fifth penalty and I knew we had to win and then sort of thinking, who's taking this? And then Sammy <laughs> Igo, and I was like, oh, if there's anyone on our team to take this penalty it's Sammy Igo, because at that point he'd been there and done it, you know, he'd scored at Wembley yeah. and um, and his penalty, I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, but his penalty yeah. is, is it's a good penalty. Yeah, yeah. Just like, it's like he was in his back garden just
0: tucking it away. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, pandemonium broke loose again. <laughs> yeah oh I bet it must have been crazy that night because I think it was Gosport's best ever finish in 40 years which is mental yeah so yeah, yeah. it was a period for Gosport and I'm guessing just the parties yet again They must have been madder better can you tell me about the parties that night as well
1: yeah well obviously this time we travelled a bit further away from home because we'd gone to Hemel um so yeah. so yeah it was a, a again another journey back <laughs> to <laughs> up the post and it was pretty much the same again um yeah uh, I don't actually remember I must have been much stronger that time because there's not a lot I can remember about that night but um, <laughs> but yeah yeah you know, and, and yeah you know, we I went from a period of a couple of years of not really getting anywhere and then all of a sudden everything that Pikey promised was going to happen seemed to be happening and and we're we're all of a sudden building up momentum we've got a very good nucleus of players in the team um, and and yeah it was it was, as you you mentioned earlier, you know, the golden era of, of Gosport Borough Football Club, I think.
0: Well, I don't even think it really stopped there, did it? Because the following season, it was just as insane. Not really with the league so much, but the FA Trophy run was just incredible. Can you tell me a bit about the FA Trophy run? Yes. Oh, sorry about that. Just a couple of technical problems. But we got to the FA VARS bit. Um, Justin, do you mind talking us through the FA VARS bit again? Yeah, so I think um I'd got up to the point, hadn't I, where um, I wasn't having a particularly
1: good season. Pikey yeah, had yeah. sent me out on loan, um with the you know, and he was very open and he said, I want you to go on loan, enjoy football, score some goals, come back with some confidence. Um and yeah, the the trophy run continued. Um and then he got to semi-finals i wanted to be part of it but but i hadn't really had much game time at pool because the, the weather had been pretty bad and games had been called off so so i stayed for a few more games did really well scored quite a few goals at pool you know the pressure was off again it was just playing football um and then obviously so i missed out on the the crazy scenes of the uh the semi-final yeah. um, but Obviously, I'd spoken to Pike before that. Pike said, "If we get to the final, I promise you, I'll recall you from Paul, and you'll be part of it. Like you've been a massive part of the club up until this point. You know, that's you, you deserve that. Um, so I had to place my trust in him because I was due to be on Paul, uh, on loan at Paul for longer, um, and he was true to his word. So um, yeah, they, they made made to the final. Um, I remember we had a game on the Tuesday night for Paul against Tottenham, um, and I scored two, one, two, nil and then he texts me after that game saying we we're calling you back because we need you for a game at Maidenhead on Thursday um so I was like okay thinking I'm going to go back and be on the bench and then so yeah left Paul on the tuesday played maidenhead on the thursday night away and yeah started scored two goals and we won 2-1 i think um yeah. so scored both goals and then that left me one goal short of the 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 all-time goal scorer record. Yeah. Um, so, the Saturday was Boreham Wood at home. Um, I kind of people were saying to me, "Oh, do you want to break the record today, or do you want to do it next week when you're playing at Wembley?" Um, yeah. And I just said, "I'd like to get it done as quick as possible." Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, again, scored another two that day. So, <laughs> I played. I played three games in five days and scored six goals. Um, but but yeah, that was a crazy day. Um, you know, beat the beat the the record that had stood for a long time. Um, felt very proud to do it, um, and then that was all of a sudden. I was full of confidence um, and and thought I can play at this level of football. And yeah, then we went off to Wembley, uh, yeah. and yeah, great, great, great day out.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say, what was it like oh, getting that goal record? Because it still hasn't been beaten today. So you're still golf sports all-time top goal scorer.
1: Yeah no um, yeah I'm I'm very I'm somebody who likes to to have achieved stuff in football um, and and certainly the the closer I got to it I was very much I want to beat that and 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 I want it to be a long standing record and and I hope it will be um, don't get me wrong I'd love to see somebody come to Gosport and be successful and and do well um, but actually the the tally that I've left I think will be a tough tally to beat. Um, just because I was there nine years and yeah. scoring goals at a good rate, so it's going to take somebody to to stay there for a long period and score goals at a, a you know, consistent rate. Um, but but yeah, that day that day is amazing. I remember. Um, so so the the Wood manager now, um, Luke Garrard, he's the one that I uh, I kind of put on his bum to score the goal that uh, that, that got me the the the, the um, record. But I remember. Just sort of peeling off, and Jamie Brown just played an amazing ball over the top. I got at the end of it turned in, and uh, yeah, it was it was all quite surreal. And the lads were brilliant. You know, everyone was behind me and and supported me. And um, I'm very proud, very proud that that I'm in you know, in the history books there.
0: Yeah, because it was a great couple of weeks, like you said, and then you got to Wembley and then this game at Wembley, it was massive because I think it was being broadcasted by BT Sports as well. So it was a big game. But really, how do you prepare yourself for a game at Wembley? Because I know quite a few players... I think you do acting lessons or something like that to prepare for it I'm not sure if you did anything like that but
1: Uh, no we didn't do any acting lessons um so so we actually we had did prepare really well um so so the club arranged for us to stay in a hotel I think a couple of nights before the game so I think we might have gone down on the Thursday or the Friday um and then and then we used Reddin's training ground. So we were training oh, yeah. every day on the lead up to the final. Um staying in hotel held hotel together, which is I guess, you know, what pro footballers do and stuff. So for a few days we lived that life. Um and then yeah, um, it was all, you know, everyone was nervous about the game on the Sunday and and also everyone was, you know, wondering whether or not they were gonna play because we had a squad of eighteen, maybe twenty, I don't know, and only eleven starts. So um yeah. Everyone wanted to be in that starting eleven, and I remember on the morning of the game we had the team meeting where the team got announced. and And like I say I, I think I I only got the nod because of the week I'd had leading up to it, where I'd broken the record and I'd scored a few goals. So I I kind of hit form at the right time, um, but it meant some of my teammates who are close friends, you know, were the unfortunate ones that sat on the bench. Um, and yeah i i don't um, I don't overlook. Um, how lucky I was that I was the one that was in the starting 11 because it could have been any one of us um, and you know it's it's a memory that I'm always going to have that I played at Wembley I know the result wasn't the best but yeah again um, a lot of a lot of non-league footballers even pro footballers never get the chance to play at Wembley so um, yeah uh, I'll be forever forever grateful to everyone at the club yeah, that we all had that opportunity
0: yeah, because I think after this final as well, it was really time for you to say bye to Gosport because I think it was this season, was it, that you left Gosport? No, so stayed a few more, couple more years.
1: Um, so so really, that after that trophy final, we kind of kicked on and, and established ourselves as a Conference South club. Um, and, and the next few years that followed, we were kind of teetering with making the playoffs. I think one year we even missed out on goal difference. Um, really? Wow. Um, but but you know playing at that level of football doesn't come cheap. You know players are more expensive and demand more wages. And if you want to if you want to 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 progress, you've got to I guess try and pay the wages. But then there's all all other expenses as well in in terms of playing at that level. And I think the it kind of came a bit unsustainable for the club. Um, and and things did kind of turn a little bit sour. Um, you know Ashmore left, a few other players players left, and it was there was stuff going on with sort of money and, and, and therefore it didn't be, you know, the, the wheels started to fall off a little bit. Um, and, and at that point I was sort of, um, well, actually after that, we, we still had the first round proper against Colchester, which again was another, another momentous sort of day for the club. But, but yeah, after that, it all started to sort of, um, go downhill. And, and again, I look back and probably myself didn't handle it as well as I should have done, but I'm older and wiser now and I can see that. But, um, Uh, you know, I, I, I look back with nothing but fond memories of my time at Gosport, not just cause what we achieved as a, as a football club, but, but the group of players we had, you know, we were a real close knit bunch and, and I've played for clubs since and not had that same feeling that, that we all had at Gosport. You know, we're all still in a group chat now. We're all still mates today. Um, so it was, it was special. It was a special group and, you know, got, got friends there that, that, I'll considered friends for
0: life so did you find it quite hard when you did have to say goodbye to gospel
1: yeah um uh so when i i did i won't go into details but yeah it, it wasn't i didn't leave on very good terms um again i look back and probably didn't handle it as well as i should have done um i was i was probably not as mature as i should have been um and yeah, it was hard. It was hard because the fans were brilliant. I was, I had a really good rapport with the fans. Again, still do now, still chat to some now. Um, um I've only been back once since I left, which was back in the last season. And again, as soon as I walked in, all the fans that I knew, you know, welcomed me with open arms. So I do want to get back there more this year. Um but but yeah, I was it it was tough. It was um I felt it was the right thing to do. So I and I still agree with that, it was the right time to leave. Um but I think I could have done it in 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 a better way, as could as could have the club. Um, I think we all, none of us, sort of held ourselves in a glory at that moment.
0: Yeah, because I think this was the time. Did you join Salisbury after this?
1: Yeah, so um, after that, I was close to joining Haven. Funnily oh. enough, um, yeah. and I think had Haven not gone into the um, Isthmian League, then I probably would have gone to Haven. But um, where I was living in Salisbury, it had just been so much travel for me. And at this point, my work, I was getting a bit, you know my work was becoming a bit more important. Um, so, yeah, Salisbury is my hometown club. Obviously, Steve Claridge, who I knew. Um, so, so yeah, I went there. Um, and again, yeah, loved loved it there. Um, but, it, yeah, come the end of the season, football was a funny game and and things didn't work out how, how I expected them to.
0: Yeah, because I think with Salisbury, was it where you had Tommy Wright with you? Because I just yeah. remember you and Tommy Wright being phenomenal. I think you got, like, 40 goals in... S- was it 38 games? But I just remember you two being absolutely incredible. And yeah. all the news newspapers writing about you two as well.
1: Yeah, so I think I, I finished the season with forty-four. And again, I missed the last month, I think, with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Uh, um, Tommy went on to score 50 odds, so between us we had like nearly hundred goals. Yeah. Uh, um, but um yeah, and it got to the end of the season and you know, Claridge manages the way he manages and didn't didn't see yeah. I guess he didn't want to keep me um, for whatever reason, um, and and yeah. So um, I remember I got an offer to go talk to Oxford City, which was back in the Conference South. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, it's going to be my last, my last chance at my age. I think I was like 34 at the time, my last chance to um, to play at that level. So let's give it a go." Um, and again, it didn't work out for me because I, I ruptured my other ACL um, in pre-season. Um, so oh. so I didn't. Even feature for Oxford that year, um, but it was again another another operation, another year of of rehab, um, and then at that point I was just I just wanted to play football to to enjoy it, and you know didn't really matter where it was. Um, so I went to Tottenham for a year with Wildy. So Adam Wild was the the assistant and Louis Langdon manager, and again they're they're two good guys. Um, you know that a, a young team. Um, I found it quite hard there because again I I was a bit older and more mature and I think at, at that point I was I was searching for what we had at Gosport and because it wasn't what we had at Gosport I struggled a bit um, but uh, so yeah so I had one year there and then finished my career at, at and Heath. Um,
0: which yeah. Did have a good time. <laughs> well I was about to say that you didn't do too bad with Bremerton either because what a way to finish your career because I think you got a couple of promotions you ended up getting 129 goals in 114 games which is incredible at that age as well because you mentioned the injuries but one question I do have you did mention enjoying football quite a bit how important is it that you're actually enjoying your football and how big of an impact does this actually have on your game
1: it's massive um, I think if you're if you're enjoying your football then you're confident. Um, you don't think about things, you don't overthink things, you just do things naturally. Um, I think when you're not enjoying it, you're probably you're trying to think about things you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it and and then you're never going to get the best out of yourself. Um so so I think again, as an older person who's now not playing um, and looking back, you know, I can't I can't stress the importance of enjoying football. So,
0: um, oh, sorry, go on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, I, and and young lads that, that I speak to now that sort of might come to me for advice, you know, when they're saying, oh, yeah, I want to be in that team, but I don't really enjoy it. I'm like, well, you're better off leaving and playing somewhere where you're playing and you're enjoying it because you will start getting the best out of yourself,
0: and then then the then options open up for you. So, in some sorts of weird way, do you think non-league was actually better fitted for you? Because you were enjoying your football while still having a full-time job. But if you would have moved to like I don't know a League Two team, perhaps you were doing it more professionally and therefore not enjoying the football. So maybe not worked as well with you.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough that um, yeah I can look back on that and say I'm glad that I didn't make it pro because I don't I don't know what route going pro would have taken me. But I know that I had a very good career in non-league and you know, I got a lot of personal accolades, I done a lot of, I won a lot of stuff with teams, uh, obviously got to play at Wembley, got to play in the first round of the FA Cup. I might not have done those things if I went pro, you know you say I might not have enjoyed it, it might not have been the right environment for me but then on the flip side there's always that what if I'd have gone and yeah you, know, you have to look at players like Charlie Austin, you know they made the step up and it kicked off for them and they went and made a career out of it. It might have happened for me, I don't know. Um, but I have no regrets that that what I achieved in my non-league career. Um, a lot of players aren't aren't as fortunate, and and it certainly wasn't down to hard work at, in the early years. Because I think where I didn't come up through that kind of academy system, I was a bit. I wasn't the best trainer. I wasn't the best in you know when we were listening to coaches and stuff. It wasn't until I was a bit older and mature that I realised. Actually, if I take this a bit more seriously, I can achieve things. Um, whereas if I'd have had that attitude, early twenties, who knows what might have happened? But um, again, I was I was lucky enough that I played around players that made me realise that you know people like Matt Patterson, who came from from um, from pro football. He was he was younger than me, but actually in football maturity, he he made me realise that I was a bit of an idiot. Um, people like Jamie Brown. Um, Danny Smith, um, Brett Pote, um, you know, all those players that are a bit more experienced, really brought me back down to
0: earth. Yeah. And then after 667 goals, it was time for you to hang up your boots. Was this quite a hard decision for you? Because I know a lot of, yeah, quite a few really footballers, both non-league and pro-league. They say retiring is a very hard decision because they don't know what to do after football. It's been their life for so many years. So was it quite hard for you to like pick the decision?
1: No, um not really. So I was 39 when I well, literally actually just shy of 40. Um so and and that last season I remember sort of going to a few away games on a Tuesday night and it was like freezing cold or down with rain. And I do remember just sort of sitting there thinking, why am I still here? Um I I had a young daughter, so Chloe, and then my wife was pregnant at the second so i didn't have a baby on the way and i was just like i thought to myself this is this is the right time um i could also i could also feel that i wasn't i wasn't didn't feel like i was playing to the level that i sh- i was capable of and not because i didn't want to in my head but my body wasn't allowing it um so no it
0: was it was the right time um yeah, and like you said, you had an amazing career. And then looking back at it, what would you pick out as your most favourite memory in the whole of your football career?
1: Uh, people, I do get asked this question uh, quite often. <laughs> it's tough. Um, I mean, obviously, Wembley, I know we didn't get the result, but but that whole experience of playing there and not even the playing on Wembley, but actually when you... I remember after the game when you know we we'd lost and we are clapping the fans and there's you know thousands of people in yellow gospel shirts just and you, you know they're, they're shouting over well done and it was it was actually quite emotionally overwhelming um, so that would always stick in my mind the two playoff final wins um, and and the, the you know the camaraderie you have with your teammates and the celebrations you have they're they're the moments that now i'm retired and you look back they're the moments that that are the only important things in football you know, doing those things with with teammates that, that you get on so well with.
0: Yeah, well, we've looked at the past, we've looked at the present, and I think it's time to look at the future now. Could you actually ever see yourself returning to football, maybe like in a management role, or maybe even commentary perhaps in the future? Uh, I, yeah, so uh, coaching and management doesn't interest me.
1: Um, I've kind of tried to force myself to do it, and it just, I just don't, it doesn't interest me at all. I love football, so I I want to try and find something that keeps me involved. Um at the moment I just don't know what that looks like. Um and I'm I'm particularly busy with work and obviously raising a couple of young kids at the moment. So so time to to be involved is, is short, but um yeah, I, I want to be involved somewhere somehow. Um I say whether it's commentary, I'll come and join you in the commentary box or or wherever it may be. But um
0: yeah, I'd I'd like to do something at some point. Well, Justin, you're welcome back any time at Private Park. It'd be an absolute pleasure to have you on the commentary at any point. But do you have any final words for the Gosport fans or actually any fans listening? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, thank you for
1: the support I was given when I was at Gosport. Um, I will be there a few times this year. I'll be bringing my daughter and telling her that, you know, this is where Dad, daddy used to play football um, and look forward to having a beer um, in the bar. Um, but but yeah, they were, they were great years and yeah even to, to this day me and my wife talk fondly about the time there you know she used to come to all the games and you know she she used to love the the atmosphere there so um yeah just just thank you for being very supportive
0: well justin it's been a great episode and it's been fantastic to interview you really but of course what fans make sure to come back for episode two and final words up the borough up the borough <laughs>